Welcome to the OKC Community Podcast. We are so glad you're here. To get the latest updates or to watch this week's message, visit our website at okccommunitychurch.com. Hello, Oklahoma City Community Church. Come on, give your hands, yourselves a hand clap. I'm going to start my timer so I can honor your pastor and stay on time. Amen. It is so good to be here. My word, Pastor Tim did not tell me what I was walking into. What kind of worship, <laughs> what kind of anointing is in this place? Whew. I'm telling you, this is something different. I just hope that you guys are just embracing this space that God has created, that he's called Oklahoma City Community Church, but there is an anointing that's in this place that is different. Thank you for the greetings, the warm welcomes, my goodness. And I just, I hope that you're praying for your pastor as well. I love a church who embraces seasons of sabbaticals because my word, it's a, it's a tough work, you know, being a pastor and just staying on all the time, right? Because there really isn't vacations typically in pastoring, you know, because you still got people that you're praying for, burdens that you're carrying, you know, staff and people just at purpose and destiny, you want them to reach it somehow. And that's a, that's a real burden and a, a mantle that I believe is put on every, the back of every senior pastor. And I love seasons of sabbatical because it's a time for them to get away, get refreshed, get a fresh energy, a, a fresh vision. So we just pray that over your pastor. Is that cool? Y'all cool with that? Uh, I, I definitely want to just, man, just thank you, Pastor Scott, for being a friend and the brother, your whole family, Angie, y'all, Noah, Noel, uh, my family and friends who are here. Come on, somebody, I thank you. Will you stand up, my family? Will you stand? I have my wife, Devin, for 17 years, three kiddos, Dion, my oldest, Desiree, DJ. Happy that you're here. Thank you guys for being here. If you don't mind, I would love just to pray over us today. I believe God has a word for us, and I just want him to move, amen? Father, I just pray that you just... Just continue to be here. Father, you are welcome. And Father, that welcome goes beyond these walls. It actually is entering into our minds. You're welcome there. Father, you're welcome into our hearts right now, Father. Right now, we're pushing aside all the things that are distractions and that are heavy, Lord, to make room for you. And Father, most of all, God, we're just welcoming you into our spirit. Father, we pray that Holy Spirit just dwells in us today. And I pray that your word teaches us what you want us to hear today. I pray it sharpens us the way that you want us to be sharpened. And I pray it strengthens us so we're able to walk boldly in your word today. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you so much. Thank you for the worship team. Give them a hand as well. Thank you, thank you. Well, guys, I want to continue into this parable series. This is uh, week three of parables, and I get to teach on one of my favorite parables. It is the parable of the prodigal son. Whew. Yes, that is one of my favorite. Uh, in fact, uh, people might, what are, what are parables? Parables are, are stories that Jesus told to try to help people to better understand his ways, his teachings, and how we can best live a godly life. And everybody loves a good story, amen? <laughs>
Amen. Check one. Oh, yeah. We're going, yeah, we going old school today. Amen. And, uh, and so the title that this message is in the NIV version of the Bible is the parable of the lost son. I kind of like that language better for the word that I believe God has for us today. I had to look up the definition in Google of what lost was. I'm like, Father, what, what type of lost are you wanting us to study today? And the, the, the Google definition was this, being unable to find one's way. Being unable to find one's way. So let's, let's go to the Word. This is Luke chapter 15, 11 through 24. This is the story, the parable that Jesus is saying about the prodigal son or the lost son. It says, Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. Give me what's mine. I'm ready to go. <laughs> so he divided his property between them. Verse 13 says, not long after that, the younger son got together all he had and set off for a distant country. And there he squandered his wealth and wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. Verse 15 goes on and says, so he went and hired himself out to a citizen of the country who sent him to the fields to feed the pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Verse 17 says, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And I'm here starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while yet he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him and ran to his son, threw his arm around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against you, heaven, and against you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine who was dead is alive again, and he who was lost is now found. So they began to celebrate. Whew. There is so much to get from this story, this parable. But today I want to zoom in on a very specific topic that, that is jumping out at the pages in this season of my life, and that is the power of choice. The power of choice. I want to make sure that all of us don't do what the prodigal son did in this story. We, sh we do not need to underestimate the power, the importance, the significance, the blessing, the weight, the eternal ripple effects of choice. The prodigal son failed to realize the power of choice, and I believe I'm on assignment to help a few people in the room. One is, there, I believe there's some people here today, right now, who's lost. I believe right now there's some people under the sound of my voice who you're unable to find your way. You're feeling unfulfilled. 
you're feeling tossed and driven just by the ways of life. You're not happy with where you are, and you're not quite sure how to get out. I believe I'm on assignment to speak to some people who are right now in the valley of decision. Right now, you're looking at options and choices, and you're like, man, which one do I choose? And I also believe there's some people that God is trying to prepare you. He's trying to equip you with some tools because he knows there's some choices that are coming. And he's like, I want you to be ready so that you make a choice that, number one, honors me and honors the purpose and destiny that I have for your life. So before we analyze the power of choice through the prodigal son's journey, I think it's very important that we first look to the father. I don't think we can truly understand the options and the choices the prodigal son had unless we really understand who his father was. So I want to talk about the father. The father in this story is representing our heavenly father, Jesus Christ, okay? So we need to understand a few things about him so that we understand what the prodigal son was leaving, okay? Number one, there is a God who loves you. He died for you. John 10 and 10 says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But the scripture says that, but I've come that you may have life and not just life and have it to its full. I died for you to have life, but I want you to have the best version of life. And then it goes on. Let me give you another scripture. Jeremiah 29 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, but plans that are full of hope and a future. God's like, I got a plan for you. Please trust my plan. My plan is going to prosper you, not harm you. My plan is going to give you hope and a future. Ephesians 2 and 10 says, for, for God, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. He's like, man, I have created you to do some things in advance. Amen. Philippians 2 and 13 says, yes, it is God who is working in you. He helps you to want to do what pleases him. And he gives you the power to do it. He said, your power is in how I built you. Moving on. Psalms 33 11. The plans of the Lord stand forever. Nothing can stop his plans. The purposes of his heart through every generation. Psalms 20, 32 and 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will counsel you. With my eye on you. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will direct your paths. Proverbs 19 and 21. Hopefully, we're getting the point of who the Father is. Many are the plans in a man's mind. But it is the Lord's purpose for him that will stand. Deuteronomy 31 and 8. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear and do not be dismayed. And this last one is one of my favorites. This last one says, you go before me, Psalms 23 and 5, and prepare a table before me. I'm so happy for the staff. They brought this table out. I'm like, I need to show a table today. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. That means no matter the giant that's in front of you, no matter what haters are around you, no matter the, the heck that's going on in the world, he's like, I'm going to put a table right there. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. I love tables. Why? Because I like to eat. <laughs> I love to eat. 
And one of my favorite moments in life is whenever I'm starving. Now, I need y'all to think about this. Remember the moments in your life where you were starving. I mean, you haven't eaten all day, okay? But you know a meal's coming. So imagine that day when you're starving, it's your favorite meal, like Thanksgiving. You know, imagine that day. Maybe Christmas, where the table, you know when you get there that you are expecting a table to be prepared. When they say it's time to eat at three, you know, you, you, you walking in ready to eat at three. What you're hoping is not, you're not walking in and they just starting to cook. And you're like, hey man, <laughs> what, y'all, what y'all doing? But, but when you walk in and you walk in and you got plates and napkins and forks and knives that spread all out and you see all the best fixings, the pies are hot, the turkeys are hot, the, 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 the rice, the green beans, the greens are hot and the lasagna is hot and you just, oh, all we got to do is pray? Oh, like that's the table that I'm imagining, right? A table that's fully prepared. So then the question is, if, if God is preparing a table for me, what's at that table? Okay, I don't believe he's preparing an empty table that when you get there, you're like, okay, Lord, I thought you weren't supposed to do with an empty table. I think that table has everything we need for life and godliness. Okay, so it's like, okay, Dwayne, what's at that table? Okay, let me tell you some things I believe is at that table. You know, one, love. I believe that there's a love at that table. This love is a love that is bigger and better than any love we can ever imagine. There's no height nor depth that can separate us from God's love. There's nothing that you can do that can separate you from that love that he's gave. That love made him give his only begotten son. And he left heaven and said, you know, I'm going to die for you. Why? Because I love you and I want you to spend eternity with me. That's, a, that's an amazing kind of love. Okay. Um, there is some, there's, some, there's some more things at this, at this table. There's a grace at this table. Now, this grace, I love, I love this word grace because I need a lot of it. This is unmerited favor. This is the hand of the Lord working on your behalf, and you don't even deserve it. He's like, I'm going to bless you with everything you need, and you don't got to earn it. I love, I love the fact that grace is at the table. Oh, man. Oh, I need, I need this too. Ooh, ooh. Forgiveness. Oh, it's at the table. Okay. For, forgiveness He sent his son to die on a cross for all of our sins yesterday, today, and forever. So that we now, no matter what, can see him in heaven. Amen? Okay, there is a purpose at the table. At the table. Come on, come on, come on. So that means every one of us have a purpose, a destiny that he is prepared in advance for us. So there's purpose at the table. Now, this is very important. Time. This is something that I think many of us take for granted. God has given us a certain amount of heartbeats. Every time you're getting closer and closer to that one beat where he says, come see me. He's given us all a certain amount of breaths in our lungs to fulfill his purpose. Many times we can lose sight of the fact that we're wasting time. That's at the table. Y'all, 
There's a peace that's at the table. There will be issues, trials, and tribulations, and circumstances that to other people, it makes no sense for you to be that calm. But he said, I'm going to give you peace for the journey because you know that I'm going to do it. You know it doesn't depend on you. Oh, man, for those that work in church, mm, 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 there's an energy. <laughs> Praise Jesus. I know there's a whole bunch of other occupations out there, but I'll tell you right now, take a whole lot of energy to do what that worship team just did. But he said, I'm going to give you energy for your purpose. I'm going to give you the energy you need to fulfill your purpose. Amen? Now, this is one of the biggest ones I had to embrace. He's going to open the doors for me. Early on, I thought I had to open up doors myself. I thought I had to look a certain way. I had to type up that resume just right. I thought I had to talk just right. I thought, I thought everything was dependent on my hands. But he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I prepared these things in advance for you. There are doors that I've opened for you that I expect you to walk through. So y'all begin to change my prayers. I say, God, will you open the doors you want me to walk through? And will you close all of them that you don't? Period. Opportunity. There's opportunity at the table. Okay, now. I know we get a little funny when we start talking about money. There's money at the table. God is your provider. He is your Jehovah Jireh. He is going to provide for you everything that you need, okay? So it is very important that you don't believe that that job is your provider. No, Heavenly Father has touched a person that's, that, that created a business, and he's the one that's putting that money in that paycheck. So don't make decisions based off of money. Make decisions based off the person that's providing that money. And that's our Heavenly Father. Let's not lose sight of that. What else is at the table? Okay. Relationships are at the table. Every one of us, there are friends that God has prepared in advance for us. There is a spouse that he has in advance. We really need to make sure that we're leaning into God. Who are the friends that you want around me in this season? Who are the people that are going to best help and guide me to be the best man or woman that you want me to be? Show me your friends and I'll show you your future is what a wise man once told me. So, Father, who are the relationships that I need that are going to have my back whenever I'm down? Who are, who are the people that are going to sharpen me when I need to be sharpened? Who are the wise counsel that I need in my life? Amen? Connections are at the table. We can never get any place by ourselves, and the Lord is already touched somebody that's supposed to open that door for you. So we don't need to manipulate and try to, you know, market and, you know, ourselves, you know, hey, let me tell you what I did. Let me tell you how awesome I am. No, 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 no. Matter of fact, I think that Bible says, you know, uh, I give grace to the humble, but I oppose the proud. Oppose, that means opposition. I don't need the Lord's opposition in my life. That hand is a big hand. Amen. There's protection at the table. What God has for you, y'all heard that scripture, his plans stand forever through all generations. No matter the, 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 the virus, <laughs> no matter the issues that are going on in the world, he says, my plans stand forever. 
And this one is the one that I hope that we're all focused on. We're all built on purpose for a purpose. And the only way that we're going to find fulfillment is, that we're, is, is if we're surrendering our life to this table. He's like, I have all of this for you in a sitting at the table. And this is where your fulfillment is. Okay. And so now what I want to do is look at the prodigal son from this lens. Because the question isn't, is God going to provide? He already has. The question is, are you going to choose to sit at the table? So let's dive into a few specific moments in this prodigal son's journey that this is going to help us. So, number point one, the danger of options. My word, the danger of options. I think there comes a point in all of our lives where we begin to realize that we got options. All we need is a little bit of education, a little bit of success, maybe a little bit of money. And then all of a sudden, we like, wait, hold on. <laughs> I think I, I got some options around here. <laughs> I want to start talking about some of the options my kids think they have, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not, I, I won't. I won't. I won't. I won't. But my kids think they got options right now, too. They do. Y'all remember? Y'all remember when you were 10, 12, 13? Oh, man. You think you got options. Move right along. <laughs> but all of us right now have a certain amount of gifts and talents and blessings right now. And those things create options. And one of the things that I think that this prodigal son did was overestimate his own ability. And I believe he underestimated his father's ability. There are five paths that really stand out from the scripture, five options that I believe that the prodigal son had in this moment. And I want to look at this through a 2023 lens, okay? So if the prodigal son was here today, here was one of the options that I believe he had. He was like, okay, father, give me my share of my estate. Give me my money. I got my gifts. I got my talents. I'm old enough. I got a little success. Hey, give me my stuff. And now I'm going to take my time, I'm going to take my talents, and I'm going to take all the money you just gave me, and here's what I'm going to do with it. Here's the first option he had. I'm going to take this, and I'm going to try to have as much fun as I can have, and I'm going to have and try to have as many followers as I can have. I'm going to live my life, and I'm going to find fulfillment by having as many followers on Instagram and Facebook, and I'm going to have as much fun as I can, and I believe, man, I'm going to have an amazing life. That was option one. Here's another option. I'm going to take my time, my talents, and treasure, and I'm going to become popular, and I'm going to become famous. My win, oh, I'm going to feel good when everybody knows my name. That's another option. Another option is I'm going to take all of my gifts and talents, and I'm going to try to acquire as much power or as much money as possible. Oh, and that's where I'm going to find fulfillment. Give me my stuff, Father. I'm ready to go. Here's another one. I'm going to take all of my gifts and my talents and I'm going to live a good life. I'm going to be a good person. I'm going to live a life of control 
and self-discipline. And as long as I just stay between the ditches, I'm going to be good. I was in a meeting this week with a, a, a good friend, and she was testifying about some things that the Lord was doing in her life. Some of y'all may know her last name was Peters, you know. <laughs> she, she's in the room. And she said, Duane, let me tell you what the Father is telling me in this season. And, I, and it hit me. I said, girl, I got to write this down. I believe this is for everybody on Sunday. She said, I believe the Lord was telling me that I'm supposed to use the gifts God has given me for him, but not in place of him. He said, use the gifts for me, but not in place of me. Guys, let me, let, me, let me dive deeper into that. Many times, a measure of success makes us lose our sense of inadequacy. We began this Christian walk knowing, oh, we're not worthy. We're surrendered. We can't, we can't do it. God, we need you. Oh, but the natural propensity of humanity is as we get a few wins under our belt, get a little money in the account. Oh, we, I think I'm good now, Jesus. Guys, we can get drunk off of these hands. We're literally every day, every moment, all we're doing is making decisions based off of what we can do, what we can see, what we can control. Okay, that is an option. Let me give you another option. Faith and surrender. I believe that's an option. I believe it's an option to take all your gifts, all your talents, all your treasure, Everything God has ever given you, all your experience, all your success, and still take all those trophies and surrender them to God's feet. I believe that's an option for us every day. Say, God, I know I won yesterday, but this is still yours. What do you want me to do today? God, I know that this marriage has been 10 years long, but how do I become a better husband today? Father, I know that you've blessed my finances, Father, but how do I surrender them today? Father, I just gave a $1,000 check last year. You want me to do another one this year? How do I surrender that money today. I believe he's asking every one of us every single day to say, will you lay it at my feet? Will you lay it at my feet? Will you lay it at my feet? There was another <laughs> uh, moment in, in Luke 15 and 3 that really made it clear that the lost son picked one of those options. <laughs> he had options and he picked one. Luke 15 and 13 says, not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and he squandered all his wealth in wild living. So I think he chose followers and fun. <laughs> There's a verse in 1 Corinthians 10 and 3. It says, all things are permissible for me, but not all things are beneficial. All things are permissible. I can take any of those options, but not all of them are, are beneficial. There was a wise pastor that told me this. He said, Dwayne, I need you to understand as you're making choices with your life, everything is leading somewhere and the outcome is predictable. Everything is leading somewhere and the outcome is predictable. So the question is, okay, well, Dwayne, well, where are these paths leading? Let me tell you. If you choose the path of followers and fun, power and money, control and discipline, popularity and fame, that's going to lead to unnecessary pain and emptiness. That's where it's going to lead. However, if you choose faith and surrender, it is difficult and it takes daily surrender. But that's going to lead to you fulfilling your purpose and you finding fulfillment. Point number two, 
prepare for the storm. Prepare for the storm. Luke 15 and 14 says, after he spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So there's a, uh, I like to think of storms as sanctified testing, offering real maturity. Storms, sanctified testing, offering real maturity. Anytime you're going through things in life, like whether it's a rough time at your job, rough time in marriage, rough time in parenting, rough time in relationships, just a rough time as a man, as a woman, I call those storms. I call those storms. And in Luke 15 and 14, this lost son encountered a storm. John 16 and 33 says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. He's saying when you're at this table, I don't care what storms come. Your protection is here. Your fulfillment is here. Your provision is here. You will get through this. However, if you walk away from this table, now you're encountering a storm without everything that God had for you. So now you're encountering the storm on a foundation that he never intended. Matter of fact, as I was preparing for this word, I was, one of my favorite songs, y'all might know it, it's a Maverick City song, I'll build my life on a firm foundation. Because all I can think of was, I believe this is how he wants me to build my life. I believe he wants us to, our foundation of our life to be at this table. He's like, I want to be your rock. I want to be your firm foundation. I want you to build everything on me and be at this table instead of choosing these other paths that are sinking sand. In fact, I actually copied the lyrics of that song, and I just wanted to just read them over our lives today. I want to read these lyrics over our lives, over our choices, over our decisions, over our options. Here's what the lyrics say. Christ is my firm foundation. He's the rock on which I stand. <laughs> when everything around me is shaken, I still never, I've never been more glad. But I put my faith in Jesus. Why? Because he's never, he's never let me down. And he's faithful through generations. So why would he fail now? And y'all know it. He won't. 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 He won't fail. He won't. He won't. Let me mention the second verse. It says, I still got joy in chaos. And it goes on, it says, I got peace. I know it don't make no sense to you, but I won't be going. I won't be going under. Why? I'm not held by my own strength. But sing it, because I put my life on Jesus. Why? Why? Because 
33 and 11 says the plans of the Lord stand firm forever the purposes of his heart through all generations he's like listen if you just plant your life on me you give me everything you have daily don't don't fall for all these other options my plan will stand forever Luke 15 says so that prodigal son he went and hired himself out to a citizen of the country so literally, he already knew he made a mistake, but he didn't turn around. He didn't come to the table. He chose a random job out of pressure. He chose a random job out of pain. He said, you know what? I, I need some money. Oh, I need to eat. Let me still rely on my hands. When God is like, stop. I got a table. I got a table. Point three, the wake up call. We all need a wake up call. Nothing like the wake-up call to come to a sentence moment. It says, Luke 15, when he came to a census, when he realized I've experienced enough unnecessary pain, I've, I've experienced enough emptiness, enough lack of fulfillment, I, after I realized that this isn't what the Father worked so hard for, after I realized this isn't who I was created to be, I, I'm going to humble myself and I'm going to go back to the table. I'm going to come back to the table. Right now, I believe there's people in this room that don't know Jesus. You see this table and you're seeing your life and you're like, you know what? I want to be at this table. Being at this table is very easy and it's very simple. God already loves you. He's already died for you. All he's asking for you is to choose the table. So if you're here and you don't know Jesus, here's what I'm asking you to do. Today, will you accept his purpose? Will you accept his destiny? Will you accept heaven and not hell? All you have to do is say, God, I surrender to you. So in a moment, I'm going to count to three. And if you're here and you don't know Jesus and you're like, you know what? I want to know him as my Lord and personal Savior. I want you to slip up your hand in the air. And what we're going to do, we're going to pray with you. And after that, we're going to welcome you to the table. Come on, so if you're here right now, come on, build it up, build it up, build it up. So if you're here right now and you want to know Jesus, bring the house lights up a little bit. Bring the house lights up a little bit. I want you to slip your hand up right now. Oh, yeah, I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put your hands together. Oh, I see that hand. I see that hand. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I see that hand. I see that hand. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I see that hand. I see that hand. Okay, listen, we're going to pray. We're going to pray. Listen, church, I would like you to pray with them. Let's pray together. Please repeat after me. Father, I'm a sinner. Will you forgive me of my sins? Thank you for loving me. Thank you for giving your life for me. Will you come into my heart and be my Lord 
and be my Savior. In Jesus' name, everybody shout amen. Amen. Welcome to the table. Joy in chaos. Come on, come on. Do that, do that, do that. I've got peace that makes yeah, yeah, yeah. no sense. So I won't be going under. I'm not held by my own strength. Because I built my life on Jesus. He's never let me down. He's faithful in every season. So I. last one. This is the last prayer I want to pray over you. This prayer is for people who are in this room and you're actually have been like me. Where you accepted Jesus but you're having a hard time surrendering decisions. So this isn't about salvation. This is about fulfilling your purpose. Well, you're like, man, you know what? I am feeling unfulfilled right now. And I want to surrender my decisions. I want to surrender my gifts. I want to surrender my talents. I want to surrender my my checkbook, I want to surrender my, my, my marriage, I want to surrender my parenting, I want to surrender my career, I want to give it back to you, Jesus. So this is a moment of re-surrender. I want to speak this scripture over you while we re-surrender. It is Matthew 6 and 33. Everybody in the room, please close your eyes for me. Just close your eyes and allow this scripture to speak to your heart. It says, if God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most, most of which are never even seen, don't you think he'll attend to you, take pride in you, and do his best for you? What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax. Do not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things, but you know God and how he works, so steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions, and don't worry about missing out for your everyday concerns will be met. If we can just lift hands around this room. I just want to pray this over us. I just want to pray this over us. Father, I just want to pray a supernatural spirit of relaxation and peace over everybody in the room. Father, I pray that everybody in this room is no longer tied to or attached or preoccupied with getting. I pray we're not preoccupied with getting more money, getting more things. I pray we're not so preoccupied with giving, Father, so we can respond to your giving, Father. Father, I pray that every one of us sits at your table and we begin to live in your reality, your initiatives, and in your provisions. In Jesus' name, can we all say amen, amen. Come on, put your hands together, put your hands together. Pastor Scott, come on up. Pastor Scott, come on up. Thank you. 
Oklahoma City Community Church. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. I'm praying God's best for you. Let's choose faith and surrender. On three, let's shout faith and surrender. One, two, three, faith and surrender. Amen, amen, amen. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If there's anything we can pray with you about or if you have questions about God, we'd love to talk with you. Please visit our contact page at okccommunitychurch.com.